Amen and thank God. This morning we want to conclude a message we began on last week. We're talking about choosing the good part. We're going to take our text from the same passage of Scripture. Last week we talked much about Martha, the spirit of Martha. Don't get me wrong, Martha did not choose a bad thing. She just didn't choose the best thing. And that's what we want to take a look at today is choosing the best thing. Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter. Verse 38. And it reads, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. But Martha was cumbered much about serving and came to him and said, Lord, does not thou care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she come help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. From this text, I would like to preach from this thought, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Understand that there's something about sitting at the feet of Jesus. But what this implies is that you have a need and you have a desire to want to learn more about Jesus. Most of our time we spend with so much busyness in this fast-paced world in which we live. There are people that are out there that there just don't seem to be enough time in the day to get done everything they want to get done. Seems like we're always running out of time. Even in a, in, in a time in history where we have so many time-saving devices, we still seem to be occupied with so many different things. Even to the point to in the church where we will neglect our time that we spend with the Lord. Understand that serving is a great thing. Serving is needful. We need to have servants in the church. You need to be able to serve not only in the church, but even outside of the church. That is a part of our Christian duty is to serve. But understand this, the greatest thing that you will ever do in life is having that intimate time with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it seems as though that's the thing that we neglect the most. We need to have time towards Jesus has our undivided attention. 
Because we have become a church that has become distracted. When I began to look at church on social media, when I began to look at church on television, I see a whole lot of things in church that I just don't like, and I don't believe God likes it either. Because it's become about a show. It's become about showmanship. It's about who can sing the best, who can hoop the best. Who can manufacture the greatest praise? And understand, when did we start manufacturing praise to God? When did we start calling people down to have a praise break in the middle of the highway? That's a manufactured praise. Praise needs to be organic. It needs to be something that just naturally comes from the depths of your soul. And you shouldn't need me or anybody else to tell you when and how to praise God. When I think of the goodness of the Lord and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. It starts from within. When you start thinking about how good God has been to you, that's why you should praise and give God a shout of victory because God has been good to you. But now it seems as though we need somebody to create a platform for us to come and to worship God. And usually the reason why is because we have not had that intimate moments with God. We're busy serving and doing things, wanting people to, to, to pat us on the back for the stuff we do that we ought to be doing anyway. I don't, I, I don't, need, I don't need you to pat me on the back. As long as I know that God is being glorified in what I'm doing, that's the real deal, that God be glorified in it. Because if we wait on each other to pat each other on the back, we'll be waiting far too long. And anyway, everything that we do are to be done unto the glory of God anyway. My whole objective is to bless and to help someone. But that comes in, in its birth out of the time that I spend with the Lord Jesus Christ. That comes with the time that I, that, I, that I spend those quiet moments with him. That comes in times when I shut my mouth and let him speak to my heart. And then I can come into here and have that real, true, and real worship with God. But understand that even with saying that, I stand guilty as charged for not spending the time that I should be with God, that private time that I need to spend with him. And understanding that me preparing for a sermon or Bible study, that don't count. That, that, that's a part of my service to him and my service to you. But I need those moments, those quiet moments with him. Those moments where he reassures me that I'm still his child, I'm still doing what he told me to do. Because it's out of those moments that I get the real joy that God offers to me. 
And out of that joy, I get the strength that I need to continue to serve in, in the capacity of which God has called me to. And far too many Christians are weighed down, are beat down. You're struggling to continue doing what is you're supposed to be doing. Could it be that perhaps you're not spending that time with God, that quiet moments with him? The inner intimacy is what's needed. In in intimacy is, is, that, is that protected time. Listen here, that intentional time that you set with God. I know, I know, I, I've said it, well, you know, well, 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 I'll just spend time with God, with God on my way to work while I'm driving to work. Well, no, that's not spending time with God. Unless I'm ready to let go of the will and say, Jesus, take the will and keep on going. I'm not spending that time with him. This time needs to be intentional. You need to set apart this time. Say, God, I'm going to set this time away for you. Listen, listen, God, I'm not coming asking you for anything. Lord, I just want to hear from you. I want, I want to sit at your feet. And this is what Mary does. But it is something about Mary. Mary has something about being at the feet of Jesus. Because we see in the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter, she begins to cry and wash Jesus' feet with her hair. We see, we see that when her brother Lazarus had died, she comes to mourn at the feet of Jesus. Because Mary knows that there's something special about those intimate moments with Jesus. She, she, she knows that, 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 that spending that time with Jesus will bring forth healing to her soul. So, so, so what does it mean to sit at the feet of Jesus? Well, the first thing we know about it is that, is that, that it, it brings us to a place of humility. It brings us to a place to where we humble ourselves before an almighty God. Far too many times we come trying to dictate and tell God what we want him to do. Far too many times we're trying to send God here and send him there like he ain't already there in the first place. But understand that we can't tell God or dictate anything to God. We can pray and ask in faith. And if it is in God's will, he'll do it. But I don't, I, don't, I, don't come, I don't come expecting God to move at my every whim. That is unrealistic and is not biblical. God is the one that dictates. God is the one that gives us our instructions. And he does it in these intimate settings. And the reason why he does it in an intimate setting, because God wants you to hear what he has to say. And he knows that when you're distracted by so many different other things, you might miss something that he says. So he wants to get you all by yourself. In other words, 
Turn the TV off. Turn the radio off. Turn the internet off. And just spend that time just listening to what he has to say. The problem is that, that, that we have a problem with being quiet in the presence of God. Because even if we're not verbally speaking it out, our minds are telling God what to do. So these are times that you really, have to, you really have to pray about this thing and get yourself to a place to where God empty myself. I don't want to think about nothing but you. God, I don't want to hear nobody but you. As Mary sits at his feet, she, Jesus has her every attention, all of her attention. Nothing else matters to Mary. Conversely, we see Martha, who is busy doing, 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 doing. Trying to win Jesus' affection through her service towards him. And it's not really all about that. Because Martha, don't you know that Jesus would have been satisfied with whatever you had in the refrigerator? Don't, don't you know he knew what was in your house even before he got there? So why are you trying to put on these pretenses? And that's my question to you. Why, why, why are you trying to fool Jesus? He knows everything. He, 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 knows, listen here, he knows when you're doing what you're doing from the heart. He knows when you're doing it just to be seen. He already knows it. He sees the heart. He sees the motives. He sees the intent of mankind. So who do you think you're really trying to fool? The reality of it is that you're the one that ends up playing the fool. Because it's Martha the one that is cumbered about. Listen, the word that cumbered actually, in the Greek, it actually means to be pulled away from. So, so, so Martha, while Mary is sitting at his feet, you keep getting distracted and being pulled away from what you really need. And how many, how many things are, people in here are being pulled away from what God has for you? We let the cares of this world continue to draw us away. Continue to pull us away from what God has for us. Understand that God has more than just work for you to do. God has a worship for you. God wants you to worship him. And a part of your worshiping him is spending time with him. Intimate time with him. Anybody, anybody can come to church and serve on the usher board. Anybody can come and sing in the choir? Well, no, no. Deacon Locker, that, that don't go for you. But there's any, anybody can come in and do some of the tasks, some of the works that you do. Anybody can go down to the homeless shelter and feed people. Any, anybody, anybody can give some money to a stranger. Or help out a stranger. Anyone can do that. That's not exclusive to Christianity. But when it comes to spending intimate time with God, that's exclusively for the Christians. Unsaved folk have no right to come to God and, spend, and expect to spend any time with him 
until they give their lives to him. You must first be saved, sanctified, filled with his precious Holy Ghost. Because otherwise you ain't trying to hear what he has to say. And so we spend this time at the feet of Jesus. We spend this time listening intently to what he has to say. And I've come to discover that a lot of times that's probably the reason why we don't spend that time with God alone. Could it be that we really don't want to know what Jesus has to say concerning our lives? You see, because what Jesus has to say concerning your lives is that he's coming in to try and clean up some stuff in your life. There's some areas in your life that you need to let go of. There's some folk that you need to divorce from. You need to get away from some toxic friends. And Jesus is trying to tell you that in these quiet, intimate moments with him. Some some of us are struggling in our marriages. And God is trying to tell you that you need to to repent of some things. We're struggling in our relationships. And God said there's some people that you need to go and beg their forgiveness. And for whatever reason, you just don't want to. And it's in those intimate times with God that you hear these things from the Lord. Because there's this guilt that overshadows you when you're not right with folk, when you're not right with God, that you can't really enjoy the intimacy with God. So we, 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 we duck and dodge. We pretend like we're, we're spending those intimate moments with God. You see, because in those intimate moments, there is some brokenness that takes place. Sometimes there's some pain associated with it because God begins to reveal our ugly selves to ourselves. He begins to work on us. And see, when you're spending intimate time with God, ain't nobody else there to point a finger at. It's nobody but you and the Lord. So, 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 So sometimes we don't want to spend that time with the Lord. We, we, we don't really want to hear what he has to say. It's difficult. But understand that it's necessary. Not spending time with the Lord is like a fish out of water. We need that time of, of, of just nourishment and encouragement from the Lord. We need that. It is the most critical element of your Christian walk. It's not how much you serve folk. It's not how much you give in your tithes and your offering. That's great. That's good. Keep giving. But that's not the most important thing in your Christian walk. It is the time that you spend with the Lord. And here he says that Mary has chosen the good part. And it will not be taken away from her. And understand that, brothers and sisters, when you you set up a pattern of spending that time with God, you'll find that it becomes addictive. The more you spend time with him, the more you begin to let God just move move throughout your life, you'll want to spend even more time with him. 
Because you'll realize that this is the best place for me. You see, because at this place, you can cast out all the distractions, all the cares of this world. You can cast it out. In other words, you don't need to bring your problems and your situations with you. They don't matter at the feet of Jesus. Because he desires to fix everything that's going wrong in your life. But you keep being Martha. And you want to fix it on your own. You want to work. You want to work this thing out on your own. Well, how's that working out for you? how's, How's that working for you? It's difficult. And the reason why it's difficult, there's some stuff that you can't fix. Only God can fix some of the mess that we find ourselves in. Like this country in which we live in, it's a mess. And we can try and try and try to fix things. It ain't going to get fixed unless God fixes it. Because man has strayed so far from God. There is not a God element left anymore. God wants to fix this mess. But he wants to fix it one life at a time. He, he, he wants to fix some things in your life. You, you develop a greater prayer life when you spend time at the feet of Jesus. You, you, you learn the things that you should pray, pray about and one thing that you, you, you're wasting your time. Because the Bible says these things must come to pass. There's just some things that just got to come to pass. You can pray until the cows come home. But God has already prophesied that this is going to happen. But what you can pray is that God will will, will make you ready for it. Suit you for it. That you might be able to endure it. That your loved ones might be able to endure it. And even some of them that it will drive them to repentance. But it all starts with sitting at the feet of Jesus. Having the moments with him. Because when you are at the feet of Jesus, your complaints turn into prayers. No, 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 no longer are you complaining about anything anymore because you realize that I'm in the best spot. I'm in the best situation right here at the feet of Jesus. Who who else's feet can I sit at other than the feet of Jesus? You can't sit at the feet of Buddha. You can't sit at the feet of Muhammad. Because they're dead. But Jesus is still alive. And he desires to have those intimate moments with you. He desires to have those times of reflection with you. Because he knows that it's going to help you in the long run. God wants the very best for his children. And he wants to give it to you. But you must open the door first. You're the one. You must set the date to spend time with him. 
You must reserve the time to sit with him, to listen to him, and not just listen to him, but to obey him. Jesus is endeavoring to make disciples. We know he had the 12 disciples, but there were many other disciples that he had. And although Martha and Mary was his friends, they were also his disciples. And understand that Jesus is still making disciples today. And you cannot, you will not become a disciple unless you sit at his feet. Sitting at his feet means that you're going to humble yourself. And this is the hard part that we have. It's humbling ourselves. Because we always want our way. Listen here. Jesus tells them in Matthew, the 18th chapter, verse 8, he said, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus himself humbled himself even unto death, the death of the cross. Jesus being fully God came down and took on flesh. He humbled himself, took on flesh. And not only did he take on flesh that he might be able to show us how to walk a white life of humility, he humbled himself even unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus led by example. So when we're talking about sitting at the feet of Jesus, we've, we're, we're humbling ourselves before God. The reality of it is, is that we are surrendering our will to his will. And understand that everyone in this room has a will. You all, all of us have a free will. And as I mentioned in Wednesday in Bible study, what are you going to do with your free will? What, what, what are you going to do when you get challenged by the Holy Ghost that something you're doing or saying is not right? What do you do with that free will that you have? Do you, do you keep demanding your own way? Or are you surrendering your will to his will? Because that's what we're to do. We're to surrender our will to his will. Because every time you get your way, it's but for a fleeting moment that you're enjoying it. But ultimately you realize that it was the wrong way. But understand, brothers and sisters, every time, 100% of the time that I've submitted my will to his will, it has been a blessing in my life. And listen, listen, it not only blessed my life, it blessed countless lives around me. This is what God desires to give you in those intimate settings with him. Why are we getting it? What's the problem with it? Have we really become that selfish? To where we just want it our way all the time? Can God ever get it his way? He's not going to force it. 
He wants you to surrender it to him. He wants you to willingly give it to him. Oh, he could take it. But God's not going to violate your free will. Listen here, God, 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 listen. God wants you to love him enough. Love him enough to say that I want to spend time with you. I want to hear from you. Listen, I, I, I couldn't say that I, I, I love my wife if I never spend any intimate time with her. If I, if I never spent that time sitting down listening to her, hearing from her, spend that time affirming her and encouraging her and loving her, demonstrating my love towards her. So all of this comes back to love. You say that you love God. Well, why don't you act like it? You, you, you say you love him, right? Let, let, let me see a demonstration of your love to God. Let, let, let me see it in your commitment to spend time with him. And even though I'm not there, I know that you've been with Jesus. On how you act when you come out of that setting with him. You see, because when you're intimate with God, it changes you, it motivates you, it moves you. When you step out of there, you become a changed person. It'll be like in the book of Acts. They, 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 these are men, we know that they've been with Jesus. Because there's this glow about you. There, 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 there's, just, there's this humility about you. This love just oozes from you. And you serve differently. You serve with a love that people can feel, they can see. And that's when it really begins to affect others. Us just going through the motions and serving is not going to work. It's when you really have a changed heart about folk, about people. You see, when you've been with Jesus, you can love the unlovable. When you've been with Jesus, you have a heart of compassion for folk. When you've been with Jesus, you learn how to speak the truth in love. Because one of the greatest things that, 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 that love does is it tells us the truth about ourselves. But it's in such a manner that people receive it. And even if they don't receive it at that moment, they'll go back and think about it. These are the attributes of sitting at the feet of Jesus does for us. It gives us everything we need to survive in this upside down world. It, 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 it's like refueling. It's like, it's like filling up on Jesus and the Holy Ghost. It, it, intimate time with Jesus gives you something that you can't get at church. You, 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 you can't get it at Bible study. You, you can't get it at prayer meeting. It's that private time. 
It's that private conversation that God has with you. And all of us need it. We need it every day. Every hour. But God is saying that, listen, I'll take it. How frequent you give it, how infrequent you give it. I just need to spend some time with you. I need, I, I need you to have a desire to want to spend some time with me. I, I, I need you to love me to that degree. To which you, want to be, you want to be in my presence all the time. And there's no greater place for me than in the presence of God. The last thing I want to leave with you with is that one of the biggest distractions that we have at times is other people. We spend so much time getting advice from worldly doctors, people that don't have any type of spiritual inclination whatsoever. We want to hear what Dr. Phil has to say. And any other doctor that's out there. But Jesus is saying, you need to shut them out. You need to silence sometimes the voices that are around you. Because there are times that they will be a distraction to you. And you will not be able to hear from God. You won't be able to hear clearly what God is saying to you because you'll be mixing it with what other folk are saying. And there's times that I will listen to people and they'll come with their advice. They'll come say, well, hi, I think you ought to do this or you ought to do that. And I'll nod my head. But at the end of the day, I'm going to get quiet with God. I'm going to listen to what the Lord has said to me. And I'm going to move how God says to move. I have to. I have to spend that time at the feet of Jesus. Because God has called me to a place to lead his people. And it's difficult. If I don't spend that time with Jesus, if I don't spend that time in his presence, if I don't spend that time listening to him and taking the practical word that he's given me and applying it to my life. Because this is what he's done for us. This is what he's given us. And many of you have this benefit and you're not even using it. You're still wrestling and tussling with issues and situations and people. And God said, come sit at my feet. I, I, I've got your answer. Just, come, just come, 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 come to my feet. I got it for you. I want you to depend upon me. Stop depending upon yourself. And trust me, depend upon me. Surrender your will to my will. So that's why I say yes and amen, God. I am in complete submission to what you have to say. It has been confirmed through your word. 
It has been confirmed by the Holy Spirit in my life. And so, God, I'll listen. You speak, God, and I'll listen. But I know that I must keep quiet sometimes to hear what God is saying. Because he is the one that made all of this possible. Not only does he desire to come sit at his feet, but he made it possible for us to come into a relationship with him that we might be able to sit at his feet. He made it possible that the Holy Ghost might come and to save our wretched soul. He made it possible. He made it possible through his shed blood on Calvary's cross over 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ died upon an old rugged cross out at Golgotha, the place of the skull. They hung him between two thieves. They hung him high and stretched him wide, put nails in his hands and rivets in his feet. They pierced him in his side. Yes, the celibate was dead. He gave up the ghost and he died for our sins. It was necessary. He took him off the cross, put him in a tomb, but on the third day, he rose with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. And he's gone back to the Father to make intercession for him. He's praying for us. He's sitting and waiting for us to have that intimate time with him. Spend that time with him. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to that time where we won't have to deal with any more sin, any more sickness, any more disease. No police, no fire engines, no, nothing like that. I'm looking forward to it. He's coming back. My question to you, will you be ready? Will you be ready? If you really want to endure, you must spend that time with Jesus. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. Please stand to your feet. The door to the church is open.